a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Nobody believes or wants to believe that times like this will actually come. This week on KSL Plus. People are actually dying. My Ukrainian people are dying. Innocent people. As the devastating war in Ukraine drags on. We are hoping to be heard. Family, friends, and strangers in Utah are feeling the effects. Pretty much my whole family is back home. Some scrambling to check on loved ones still in the country. Others heading out to help. I think it's just restoring my faith in humanity. And many are rallying to show their support, to show they stand with Ukraine. We're asking for peace and freedom for Ukraine and for the humanity, because this is not going to end in Ukraine, just Ukraine. If you don't stop it now, it will never end. I'm Matt Rascone, and this is KSL TV's digital-only news show. And over the last couple of weeks, my colleagues and I have captured the impact that the invasion of Ukraine has had 6,000 miles away right here in Utah. I mean, it's just unthinkable. From the moment word got out of an attack on Ukraine. My husband texted me and said, you better check the news. And I go, oh my gosh, like it happened. Aaliyah Herod has been checking in with family every couple of hours. Her dad is in a nursing home. Her mom is immobile. I realized, like, my mom is just locked in. She can't go out. I don't know what happened to my dad. I mean, I was just panicked. And her hometown of Kharkiv, where they live, has been under attack. Kharkiv is Ukraine's second largest city, just miles from the Russian border. Now they're getting bombed. The city's just getting just bombed. There's expo- she could hear explosions. Aliyah's son, Niles, grew up visiting Ukraine. When I spoke to them last, he says they hadn't been able to reach his aunt, who lives in the capital of Kiev. Niles also worries about those across the border in Russia. There's a lot of Russians that don't want this. Where he served as a missionary for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We almost feel helpless, in a way. Like, we're just worried that we can't do anything. We want to do something so bad. And many have found ways to help. We need flour. Including this Ukrainian mom in Utah. It's just really hard, you know, to sit here and do nothing. Uh, and we decided we need to do something. Preheat 350. Now she's baking and selling Ukrainian cookies. Selling them to raise money to buy some last-minute donations for her husband's trip to the area. So we have, um, I guess we have lots of diapers here. Things like beef jerky to the soldiers, candy bars to the kids, protein bars for people, uh, diapers, formula. David Gashler is also renting an SUV in Poland, driving into Ukraine to help citizens flee. I think I can make this trip probably three or four times. I've already had 
people in the area reach out to me asking to, to actually drive them across the border to safety. When was the last time you were you were there? In 2019. It was fall 2019, just a few years ago. Um, okay, so just right before the pandemic. Yeah, actually, yeah, just the fall before pandemic. Me and my husband went to visit, and and we were in Kharkiv and Kiev and Lviv, which is where my sister was at that time. And the cities were so beautiful so beautiful and and all of my friends they were just happy and i'm sorry oh no you're fine yeah it's such a dramatic change from when you were there last One of the women I spoke to is Alina Mendoza. It's been very, very difficult in Kharkiv right now. Um, the city is getting attacked pretty heavily. Alina grew up in Kharkiv, Ukraine with her family. She moved to Utah eight years ago, but at the start of the invasion, her mom, her sister, and her family, and her brother and his family were all still in the country. I know lots of people are trying to escape right now. Here's part of our conversation about what she and her family are going through. Um, I'm lucky that my sister and her children and um, just her and her children were able to leave because they were living in the Western Ukraine. So they are actually in Poland, um, but her husband had to stay behind. So he's in the Western Ukraine and helping out everyone and, and volunteering and things like that. Um, but the other half of my family, that's my mom, my brother, his wife, his kid, um, his son is five years old. Um, they're still in Kharkiv, um, so it's been it's been very difficult for them. And I mean, it's been difficult for me, but I can't I can't. It's it's not even comparable what it's like to me comparing to what they are going through. Have they have they been trying to get out, or have they just sort of been hunkering down? My my mom hasn't tried to get out, and I, I don't think she ever plans to, but my sister-in-law, she really wants to leave, but she's very scared because their area not too close from where they live has been getting attacked heavily, and for them to get to the train station where the trains are leaving from, it's very difficult to get there, and they're just very scared to just be out on the streets and and to travel even just to the train station they don't have a car so they would have to either find somebody that'd be able to give them a ride or walk which is very it's a few hours if you're walking on foot and so they're they're just not wanting to risk it as of right now they've been lucky that their house their apartment building hasn't been attacked directly so they've been able to get refuge there. So far, they've been safe. And they're hoping that there would be a, a more peaceful time where they could leave and get to the train station. When was the last time you were in touch with him? Just a few, just a few minutes ago. Okay. The scenes playing out overseas, in some cases, has disrupted business in the state. They're nowhere on the radar. You can't reach them. 
You can't, uh, you, you have no idea if they're alive. And tech executives have worked overtime trying to help employees in Ukraine find a way out. It's really disturbing. He says both Russian and Ukrainian developers play a key role in Utah. And while their safety comes first, the disruption will impact Utah's tech industry. If your parent or your spouse or your relative works in sales in a tech company, they may not ever really interact with like the offshore development team that supports that company in Ukraine. But suddenly having this chunk of the organization not functioning has an impact on the company, on the companies here. It's just sort of hiding out right now. I mean, has like, has everything been impacted as far as their, you know, work, school, schedule, everything that they're involved in? Yes, as, as far as I understand, there's mostly just people that are like, doctors and and hospitals and some bakeries some stores like produce stores that are open but mostly everything is just shut down and people are just hiding in bomb shelters and the subway wherever they can it is a little bit different the city is very big it's one of the biggest cities in ukraine and so it is different based on the area of the city um but most of the city is still in the same situation yeah, I imagine um, in the weeks or days leading up to when this happened, I mean, were, was that a, I don't know, all of that kind of a scary time? Because Kharkiv is is right on the border with Russia, right? Yes, and, and I discussed that with my family as well, with my brother and his family. And they, they were pretty optimistic and thinking that nothing is going to happen there. Back in 2014, there were just like very small conflicts that tried to, to start when I was actually still there at that time um, but it was resolved pretty quickly and so Harkiv pretty much lived you know not affected this whole time and they kind of thought that that's how it would be going forward and we tried to to talk to them and to warn them and, and to ask them to go elsewhere and they just had a different view on things, and unfortunately, it wasn't right. It wasn't correct. The United Nations estimates the conflict has already driven millions out of Ukraine. We woke up of the sound of loud explosions. Including a bishop of a branch of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and his family. Till the very last moment, we felt that we should stay. But then we received this strong inspiration. Go, you need to leave right now. Leaving Kharkiv wasn't an easy decision for them. And getting out of the country to Romania with his family proved just as difficult. Their prayers were answered when they were offered a ride on a chartered bus. So we left on a bus on Monday, 10 a.m. And it took us three days to go through Ukraine. Their bus broke down several times. They slept in a gym, a hospital, even taken in by strangers, eventually making it to the border, where right now men ages 18 to 16 aren't allowed to cross, but those with three children or more are exempt, like Sergei, who admits fleeing was a hard decision. I don't know what would happen next. I don't know what would it be if we would not listen. I don't want to know, because we did listen. The refugee crisis hits really close to home for many people, including Quan Nguyen from Kaysville. I've always understood how horrible 
life is as a refugee. 40 years ago, he was a refugee, fleeing Vietnam with his family. We lost our country uh, to communism, and uh, my dad uh, decided to get us out of there, so I was a refugee. Pretty much got everything that you need. Tourniquet, bandages. Now, Nguyen is packing donated burn kits, water purifiers, and medical supplies. Antibiotics, uh, that's a huge one. Since then, he's served in combat in Iraq and the Afghanistan. Last days of attack is obviously burns. Again, water filters, the rockets hit the uh, utilities, obviously that goes down. Now, he's taking that training to the Ukrainian border. Spent 10 years overseas, uh, so uh, yeah, I'm pretty used to it. Delivering medical and other supplies to refugees and raising funds along the way. Have they given you an idea of just each day? Is there, I mean, are, are they hearing the shellings and the, I don't know, the bombs yeah. or explosions that we sort of have been seeing on social media and news outlets? Yeah. Yeah, they have been, they have been hearing it all the time. Every time I've texted them, I ask them what's going on, how's the situation outside, and sometimes it's really close. Sometimes it's just somewhere in the back, um, but they they keep hearing it all the time. That's why they, my sister in law and my my nephew, they they haven't left the house for the last eight days. My brother was able to get out and go get some groceries just yesterday. Luckily, um, he was able to find some. So he hasn't been enlisted and not all men are enlisted. They're just not allowed to leave in case they do have to be enlisted and called in. Um, so he can't leave the country. Um, my sister-in-law doesn't really want to leave the country without him either. Um, but we're primarily worried about my nephew, of course, and his safety is most important. There, there's been lots and lots of change. You've probably seen on one of the main squares of the city. Um, it's called Freedom Square. There was a big bomb, like a rocket dropped and it destroyed. It's like a municipal, like um, town hall building. And that building got destroyed pretty heavily. There was lots of schools that got burned down and people's apartments, parks, like you said, where my friend's kids were playing days before they, they got destroyed, kindergartens but we'll do everything we can to fight and to keep going because we don't we don't want to lose our freedom and or become part of any other country. Military members from Hill Air Force Base have already made their way to surrounding countries in Europe to bolster support in NATO territory. So we train uh, day and night to be ready to deploy anywhere in the globe rapidly and provide combat power. Crews from the 388th and Reserve 419th Fighter Wing are already in Germany to help enhance NATO defenses while their families anxiously watch from home. You know, their uh, spouses are deployed and the community support that we get to take care of them when their spouses are away is vitally important to us and enables us to do what we do. As a Ukrainian living in the U.S., um, what, what, would, what, are you, what are your thoughts on how the U.S. and Europe and Western allies have sort of responded to all of this with sanctions and things? I do think the sanctions are helping because that's what's making people in Russia realize that this is not good for them either. Um, I mean, honestly, speaking truthfully, I, I love the United States and I love living here and I, this is my son's home and this is my home now. Um, however, I do wish that they would have been more, they've done more action to start out with.
but I, I'm truly grateful for everything that has happened so far and, and for all the European countries that are taking in our refugees and are helping them and giving them a place to stay and, and things to eat and things to wear. That I, I'm just beyond grateful for that. What would you hope that uh, Utahns who, who watch this and who are watching coverage of what's happening um, take away from it? And, and I don't know, what should, how should they be seeing everything that's happening? I just hope that they care. I hope that they care and, and they can they can get involved as well. More than once, people have gathered on the steps of Utah's state capitol building. Raise me up. Ladies and gentlemen, this is breathtaking. A show of support that Utah stands with the people of Ukraine. I am here because I, my heart is just broken for the people of Ukraine and the Russian people that are thrown into this. Ukraine! Ukraine! The people of Ukraine have risen to the moment. They've taken up arms. They've welcomed strangers. They've faced violence. Most attending this rally have no ties to Ukraine, but feel the need to help. We came out because we just feel like the only thing we can really do besides donate is just show up. A Utah bakery donated 100% of its sales to Ukraine. We're very saddened. Uh, as a company, and, and we wanted to be able to do something to, to help those people. Anything I haven't asked that um, you think would be important to share as part of this story? I just want to let everybody know that Ukrainians are beautiful, beautiful people. And and I'm proud to be a Ukrainian. I'm so proud of them for standing up like that and, and not giving up. And right now they're very united, even if there was some kind of um, differences between them, they put them all aside and they're helping each other. And I'm, I'm so proud of them. And I just hope that everybody can can also be like that and, and help them out in ways that they can believe in them, fight for them, speak out for them. Utah is thousands of miles from the terrible scenes playing out in Ukraine. But covering this story over the last couple of weeks, my colleagues and I at KSL TV have seen how the war is so much closer for so many people. And there is so much Utah is doing to try to help. It's incredibly inspiring to see their resolve and their courage. Not only for the rest of the United States to see, but for Russian leadership to see that in Salt Lake City, we stand with Ukraine. Hard to know. I mean, do you have, have any thoughts about what comes next? I don't know. I'm just hoping, I'm hoping that Ukraine can withstand all of this. I'm not, I'm not hoping. I know they can, but I hope that it can be over soon. And then it will be they'll have to rebuild a lot and and work a lot on returning back to normal life again um i'm hoping that they can also get any help they can to to return that that normalcy and, and peace and for people to have their homes again and for their kids to play at the parks again and just go to school and not 
ever have to think about this again. That does it for us this week here on KSL Plus. I'm Matt Rascone. We'll see you again next week.